Welcome to the Align Yourself to Success podcast. I'm Christy Kendall, and it is our passion and purpose to empower entrepreneurs to extraordinary profit through highest level transformation. When you begin with your mind and alignment, you are limitless and you are powerful. Today, our guest is Amanda Cottrell. She is a teacher, author, illustrator, yoga, and mindfulness advocate. She believes we are all infinitely creative and that our success is inevitable when we step into our creative power. When people follow their calling and become unapologetically themselves, there is no stopping what you can accomplish and who you can uplift along the way. Welcome, Amanda. We're excited to have you here joining us. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for that lovely introduction. Yeah. Will you share with us, we'll just start here with having you share with us how you went from teacher to mindfulness advocate. Um, well, I have always been a teacher. Everything that I've ever done has essentially been in teaching. I started with teaching swimming lessons and then we'd teach summer camps. And then even one time I taught water skiing and wakeboarding in <laughs> New York at a summer camp there. And so I've always been, been a teacher in some capacity. And then um, I went into university and I wanted to be a teacher or a lawyer. And I decided to do teaching first. Um, and then after that, I, I ended up going through a really um, toxic divorce because I was married to a narcissist. And so I essentially went through this huge healing transformation when my daughter was born. I started the journey and then about when she was two and I decided to leave that unhealthy for me relationship. Um, that's when so much of my healing really came to, to fruition because I went to a retreat and I learned about healing my life and I started going to a whole bunch of different counseling and essentially because I'm an empath I had learned that I was an empath and I didn't know that why I, why I feel so deeply for people and why I'm a big crier <laughs> all of those things just just came to fruition at that point in time. And, and on one of the retreats that I went to, I wrote my first children's book after a meditation. And, and I really started getting into yoga more, more um, consistently when I got divorced and really started to step into my power and, and just the healing process that yoga has had for me and, and the mindfulness that I've learned along the way. I just want to spread to others because I think it's so important that when we can learn how to control our mind and settle, especially this, as somebody who's suffered from anxiety their entire lives, that, that it's just, it's so empowering to learn how to like step back and, and control your mind and, and be at one with the universe. And, and it's really, there's so much power in, in learning all of the mindfulness techniques. Yes, I'm excited to have you share with us how mindfulness has helped with anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, but first, let's start with a card. You pull one of these cards in. And it's just going to be a question that we ask. These are the and cards. And uh, we don't know what the question is, but it, it gets us off to a really great start. Oh, this is an interesting one. What do you think I need to hear from you? I think you need to hear that no matter what, you need to step into your power and become unapologetically yourself. And that's something that I've learned from someone that is one of my very, very best friends. And she is just like unapologetically herself. She is, um, uh, she was a yoga instructor and then she became a jewelry designer and now she's doing real estate and she just is her 
every single day she shows up as herself. And it's just so um, empowering to watch her just, just grow. And when I very first started, I had reached out to her and I was like, I have all of these ideas in my head. What should I do? And she was like, just start, <laughs> just start. And you will, the world will guide you in your way, in the correct way, and you'll meet the right people. And so I just trusted that. And I started and, um, my first book that I wrote after that retreat, I thought, oh, I'll just make it in my class and I'll have do the illustrations and I'll make one copy and it'll be in my classroom and I'll use it every year with my students. And essentially, as I started that process, people um, connected me with people who learned who knew how to self-publish on Amazon. So my first book that I only wanted to have one copy be in my classroom ended up being on Amazon and now has sold like thousands of copies. And so essentially it's just like, once you start, even if you don't know the way or don't know the right, <laughs> like the next, you just need to do like one step at a time and just know what you can do tomorrow to make a little bit better or even start today to make, to make a little, your life a little bit better and to start stepping into your power and into your goals. Because I think so often we, um, we hide from our power because I was such a shy, quiet person. And, and even talking in the classroom was something that like would make me so anxious. I remember in university, I had one professor, I raised my hand once in the whole entire class. And he said, pulled me aside after class and was like, why don't you talk more in class? And I was like, mm. <laughs> but it's, and I, through all of this, I've learned how to start speaking, speaking my truth and speaking up for me and, and setting clear boundaries. And just, it's just so empowering for someone who's always been such a quiet, quiet, shy person. And, and I just know that when we step into our powers, like the doors will open beyond what you ever imagined. Yeah, that's really good advice. I call those kind of women that you said those unapologetically themselves women permission givers. You know, mm -hmm. if you really look at it when you're around them, they just give you permission to say those little things that's on your mind or those quirky parts of your personality that you hold back or just how you show up. They're just, they're permission givers. They're, mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. So, Tell us a little bit about your perspective of mindfulness and how you use mindfulness and, and teach it. Yeah, so I use mindfulness every day, even in the classroom, whether it's just like recognizing that the children are, are vibrating <laughs> off the walls and maybe the mindfulness is just, oh, we need to go outside for a few minutes because we are like bouncing off the walls in here. But also there's some times where you can be really focused on your mindfulness. And, and that's what I've done with this course that I've designed called Empower You. And essentially it's 14 weeks of different tools that are going to help people to heal um, in all different areas of their lives. And they can um, essentially use each of the 14 tools at in any point in time and if you for if you get into a point where you're where you're struggling you can always go back and and reuse those tools and reset your mind because there's so much so much of our problems in our lives are ourselves holding ourselves back and and when we recognize that we have so much power within ourselves we can truly heal and so one of the things that I learned um 
that I share in the course is about these I hope statements and our I heal statements. And it's essentially um, the acronym HEAL means hope, educate, affirm, and long-term. And essentially, when there's a situation that you're really struggling with, you can write out the acronym HEAL and write out what you hope for. So um, that's something that, that I'm teaching in this course. And, and it's one thing, one tool, one of the many tools that, that is just like helps you be more mindful and, and let go of the things that are holding you back. One thing you said that really um, stood out to me is in the classroom, mindfulness being aware of the energy that they, these children are vibrating, right? So we're all vibrating at a frequency, but being, I loved that you brought that up because to be mindful is to be conscious of the energy. And as empaths, we are all conscious of, we're all feeling the energy. We're not always conscious of what it is we're feeling. And to know that sometimes it's not deep, it just is energy that needs to be burnt off. <laughs> but that, yeah. that awareness is what intrigued me, is to be able to tap in and tune into the frequency and the awareness of what needs to be done with it. Yeah, one conversation I had with my students last year, which was a really powerful conversation, was around um, introverts and extroverts, because my classroom had been very, very loud. I had these very high energy grade five students, and they're just like so much fun, but also like so exhausting. And, and I could look around the classroom, and I just see like people who are ready to like fall asleep, and then people who are like vibrating like they need to go on like a 10k run <laughs> and I stopped them all and I sat them in a circle and I said I want you to look around the room I said look at the people in our classroom I said raise your hand if you can tell who is completely exhausted and they all raised their hands and I said who right now look around the classroom can you tell who is like so energetic right now they should be like in gym class and running around and like bouncing off the walls and then they all raised their hand and I said we have two like extremely different vibrations in our classroom right now and they are like butting heads with each other and I said some people get lots of energy about around being around people and they thrive off of um being social and having and being in loud situations and like going to events like in Calgary, we have the stampede and like they love the stampede they love that's where they thrive and they, they get their energy from. And other people that is completely overwhelming for them and they need quiet space to like reset and calm down and maybe they going to stampede is like a complete anxiety producing activity for them and maybe just a walk in nature is something that they need and I said what is it that you need when you go home from school do you immediately run out and go play with friends or do you need some time to just come home and decompress that will tell you give you a better idea of if you are an extrovert or an introvert and I had some kids just be like wow that I never thought of it. I, now I understand why I need to go home and decompress. Or now I understand why when I get out of school, I like jump on my bike and I ride home and I'm like, woohoo, I get to go play with my friends. And they just like, and then I said, some people are in between where they need a little bit of both, but they also need that decompression time. And it just, I had the most profound conversations with those grade five students and they're like 10, 11 years old. And they just, 
had such a deeper understanding of themselves by just having that little conversation with them and getting them to actually be conscious of the other people in the classroom. And it just, it's, I think when we do, and when we do that, we also recognize within ourselves what it is that we need to heal or what it is that we need in that moment. That is just incredible. <laughs> you know, I definitely didn't have that kind of awareness or anybody, any teachers even near me that had that kind of awareness or ability to articulate what in the heck is going on <laughs> you know when I was 11 or 10 I don't think most kids do so that's so good and so powerful to be able to just to bring awareness to the kids that somebody next to them has different energy than them and it's okay and that we can honor it and understand it yeah and and in a classroom to try to find a balance between all of those energies is sometimes really hard because when we become adults, we get to choose. We get to choose if we wanna work from home or if we wanna work in a very um, busy environment or if we like we get more choice and more options, but when they're kids, they don't get that many options. It's like, here's your school, <laughs> right? And so that's something that I think teachers in general need to be more, more conscious of too, so that you can give kids more options of what they can do in the classroom and just really be aware of that and once the kids became aware of that our classroom definitely we had more um even just empathy for other people when we could see like they're feeling completely exhausted maybe our noise level is too loud and what is it that we can do to bring it back down and help those people that are maybe maybe like very introverted and need some some decompression time and then also like how do we have that balance of get, getting those kids outside that need to just run around and burn off their energy too? Did you have that conversation, that aspect of the conversation with them? Like yeah, what are the solutions? Yeah, kids we did. come up with the best solutions. They do, they come up with the best solutions. And sometimes it's just like, okay, we have a breakout room in, in our classroom too, where it's like a little room just off the side. And so sometimes it's just like, there's certain people that need that room. like you need they need that room because they just need some calm down time and so we're going to let them use it at that point in time and and just to be really conscious and aware of that or just to say like hey i'm feeling like i can bounce off the walls right now can i can i just go for a walk up and down the hallway twice and go get a drink and come back and see if that helps me reset so those are some tools that it, that you can give kids to to really help with their mindset and and um, help with them recognizing their energy, right? Because sometimes kids just get, they get to that overwhelmed state and they don't know how to react. So they like either lash out or cry or, or just end up in that like fight or flight um, scenario where if they can start to become more conscious of their, their energy, then they'll have tools on how they can deal with it. And just, so even I had a conversation with one parent, I was like, something's changed in your child um, at the start of the year like they came to school and they're ready to focus and now they're like coming into the classroom and they're like bouncing off the walls and I said what's changed I said like was he like right I know he was riding his bike to school before like is he still doing that and they're like no it's it's snow. we get lots of snow here <laughs> so since it snowed we've been driving him to school and I said do you think that maybe you could drop him off like two blocks away from the school and he could run to school, like the extra two blocks or the extra three blocks, just to get a little bit of energy out before he gets here. And that instantly 
changed what the problems we were having in the class was just like I'm like he needed that bike ride to school and now he's not getting it because of the snow so can you just they're like it's too far for him to walk from our house they said that's fine drive him to school just drop him off three blocks away and let him run to school and like even time him <laughs> if that's what you have to do like anything to just let him run his energy out and and it helped it helped him come into the classroom a lot more calm and a lot more focused just that that one little tiny switch in recognizing the shift in his energy because he was no longer getting his before school bike ride that's really great I keep thinking of you know your concept of mindfulness is bringing awareness to what you're to your energy what you're mm -hmm. feeling and knowing what to do with it and if you think about a lot of adults that are stuck or blocked or frustrated or continuing to keep trying things that aren't working and just all the things that we go through in our lives. And I think about how simple mindfulness can be just to bring awareness to yourself, to understand yourself, who you are, how you work and what you need mm -hmm. is beneficial. And adults don't even have that. All the adults don't even have that. Oh, it's true. And that's something that like a, the counseling that I went through when I was going, getting divorced was something that really helped me because it helped me also look back on, on my childhood and the things that were keeping me stuck and, and what I wanted for my daughter growing up in a, in a home, um, but with just me. <laughs> right. And so these heal statements or I hope statements really, really helped me to get that into perspective and to, to be mindful of what it was that I wanted for my daughter. And so I'll give you an example of one that I wrote in one of my blogs. It says the heal example, I hope for a home filled with love for my child to grow up in all families. So E is all families are different because of their own dynamics and not all can be filled with love. This may be because they have generational trauma and do not know how to break their patterns. I will always let my child know how much she's loved and that she belongs in our unique family. And then the letting go piece is I will keep on and the long-term pieces, I will keep working on loving myself so that I can truly love my child with all my heart. So it's also like learning to let go of that generational trauma that, that you, you aren't responsible for taking on that generational trauma, but you are responsible as an adult to be like, okay, I'm not going to let it keep me stuck anymore. And so I think that's something that so many of us struggle with is that they just, we just follow the same patterns or the same paradigms or the same habits that we learned as a child. And we don't necessarily recognize how those are affecting us. And so it's become so powerful when you can let go of what it is that that's holding you back from, from generations of, of just not understanding who we truly are, right? Because we weren't always, we didn't always have such a good understanding of our vibration and how, how our minds work. And now even um, quantum physics is starting to prove some of the things that shamans and spiritual people have been saying for centuries. Right. Yeah, those statements are really powerful. It feels like in there is acknowledgement and intention and and when we can acknowledge something and have an intention, because what do you want instead would be 
here's this issue that people are having, but this is what I want instead. And so this is what I'm going to do. That's the intention and how I'm going to be and show up. Um, those part, all of those little things are kind of like a, a path to mm -hmm. it, it, kind of like unconsciously setting you towards something better, even if you don't know how, or, you know, like you said, just start. That's so powerful because just starting kind of breaks through. You have to break through the barrier of fear. You have to break through. There's always like three things that stop people thinking they need more information or knowledge, thinking they need more time or they don't have enough time or enough money. You're never going to have enough money. You're never going to have enough time and you're never going to have enough knowledge. <laughs> so knowing that, then you can just start. Yeah. And the thing is, is that the knowledge will come along the way. Right. And it might not be like I have three university degrees and then I want to start coaching people and helping people. And I was like, my initial thing was I need to go back and get a course on coaching. And I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> I am more educated than like 90% of the population. I've been through <laughs> so much like healing from my divorce and, and, um, learning to like set boundaries with the alcoholism in my, in my family and all of these things. Cause I don't drink and I, like, I don't have any, um, substance abuse addictions. Right. And so, but that was a pattern that I had to break with, within my generational trauma. And so though, like I have all of this experience. And then my very first initial thing was, Oh, I got to go take a course on how to be a coach. And I was like, no, <laughs> I have two teaching degrees, like one degree and then a master's in education. Like I can teach. That's not the problem. <laughs> the problem is that self-confidence, right? And so, and, and I have all of the knowledge from all of the life experience. And so often we're, we're programmed in school to think I need to go get another certificate so that I can do this. And it's like, no, no, you need to start. You need to start doing what it is that you want to do and the courses and the different things that that you may need to take will will show up at the right time when it is the time for you to take that and so that's one of the things that one of my friends who's become very very successful he barely passed high school and then i actually am working on a book called the rethink unschooling rethinking what it means to be educated because of what happened to him because he barely past high school and then he went on and he started working with this company in, in oil and gas in Alberta and he worked his way up and he became a supervisor and, and the, the like head person of that company and then he didn't like it when it merged with another company and he decided to go be a consultant and then he decided could being a consultant was for old people because he's the same age as me and then um, he started his own company and essentially he doesn't have a business degree he doesn't have any degree he's like I've taken courses I've taken tons of courses all along when I needed them for specific things that related to my industry but he was like I wouldn't go back and take a business degree because they're just going to tell me all of this theory when I've already just built a million dollar business without having a university degree <laughs> and I just like it's those people that just step into their power and do the work and and trust trust that the right things will show up along along the way and I know it sounds bizarre for somebody who has three university degrees and is a teacher to say like maybe university isn't the right choice for everyone but that's true and I think we need to stop having that um that mindset block because 
so often, unless you want to be a teacher, a doctor, an accountant, a nurse, um, or a lawyer, I think those are my main ones. I don't really see the point of going to university because you need those certificates to do those specific jobs. But and and in my friend's industry, you needed certain certificates to do certain things, but they were directly related to what he wanted to do. So until you know exactly what it is that you want to do, I would wait. <laughs> I would go out and explore the world and I would make sure that it was whatever courses I'm taking are really true to who I authentically am. Because yeah, I, I have this conversation. Um, I have this conversation with my partner all a lot. I think that education is valuable in that it shows you that you can do something and complete it. Mm -hmm. um, it's the completion process, the sticking with something, being committed to something. And having that degree says this person can accomplish something. They can get it done. They can finish something. As far as the knowledge you get, college educates you. It does not give you a trade unless you're like, like you said, a doctor or a lawyer then, but those are higher level education that is directed towards a, a specific thing where you can get that with a trade school or you can get that with um, specific training. And, you know, this is just, it's a great conversation because I believe in education. I have that little secret inner quiet voice that said, you didn't get your PhD. You would, you know, that you think about if you had that or think about if you had a master's degree, um, mm -hmm. you know, those kind of things. But if you look at it, I've invested thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on courses, certifications, trainings, coaching, <clears throat> all of those things. I probably have more education than somebody with a typical four-year degree. So yeah, we could go into that a lot. Um, but what we can do to tie this kind of around is using mindfulness about what, if you're using mindfulness and you have that self-awareness and you're listening to yourself, you'll know what's right for you. And yeah. being able to take that step, knowing you don't have to know, you don't have to know the way or the process just to start. The minute you start, I would say, the minute you say yes, fully and completely, the universe matches that and reciprocates everything that you need. The right coaches, mentors, offer, you know, situations, um, opportunities, it just shows up. And, and that's 100% true. Like even when I, when I started going through um, different things, I, I learned about Reiki and I became a Reiki master and, and it was just like, and then when I decided I wanted to, um, I wanted to teach yoga more, more specifically in the classroom. So like the right yoga instructor for kids showed up in my life. Like it just is like the right courses show up at the right time. So like, I, I just believe that when you're meant to learn something that the teacher will show up or the mentor will show up. And so there's definitely, I think, I think there's a need for, for university still for a numerous things, but I also think that sometimes we're brainwashed into thinking, I can't start a business until I have a business degree, but that's not necessarily true. I learned more about being a teacher, being an education assistant sub than I ever did in any university class mm -hmm. because I worked as an education assistant sub while I was going to university to be a teacher. 
and I learned more about how to be a good teacher from being an education assistant sub than I ever did in any classroom in the university. Yeah, I, I have had clients with degrees in marketing that didn't know a thing about marketing. <laughs> so I, I hear you on that. <clears throat> so yeah. yeah, because it's that hands on experience, like you don't understand until you've had hands-on experience. And while some of the theoretical is really wonderful, you the hands-on experience is where you really see that value. Just like in marketing, you marketing is so much about that hands-on experience and 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 that growth and, and connections. <laughs> and, and it can't just be all theory because it also is that you have to feel that vibration too of connecting sorry my cat always every zoom call she ends up popping her head in for some of it she's an extrovert she needs to be involved well this was a great conversation can you um share with us if some this is resonating with somebody um and they would like to get in touch with you or um maybe learn more about your course that you're offering how could they do that yeah, um, you can connect with me on social media. I'm just art, mindfulness and creativity on Instagram and on Facebook. And um, also I have a website, www.artmindfulnessandcreativity.com. Or you can email me artmindfulnessandcreativity at gmail.com. So those are all the ways that you can connect with me and I'd love to connect. And, and if um, you're feeling really stuck, then I definitely think that, and you're beginning your healing journey that my Empower You course can help so many people because it truly was, was built from 11 years worth of um, work that I've done. And I've just pulled all of the best stuff from, from all of the different experiences that I've had to truly help other people. And I also have nine children's books on, on Amazon and all of them are focused on mindfulness too. Yeah, I, I love that you're doing that with children. So that's just, touches my heart. And I believe that everybody needs mindfulness classes. Like specifically, we can read a book and we can learn some things. But if you take a, a class that has an intention and a focus and a goal for you, you're going to learn so much more. Whether you're a master healer, whether you PhD in psychology, you need a mindfulness class. They're so, so powerful. And you'll learn something different every time. Well, and that's exactly it, because you could walk into anything and have the best plan in the world. But if your clients or your um, students have just had something traumatic happen to them, you have to throw your plans out the window and deal with what it is that your kids need and or your students need or your clients need. So you could have the best presentation ever planned, but you really need to adjust every presentation that you make to the people you are presenting to. Yeah. Well, it was a pleasure having you on here and I will leave your links in the description and be wonderful. Yes, and we'll see you all on the next one. Have a great day. Thank you for having me.